Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Pleased to welcome uh, to our studios the Minister of the Environment and Climate Change, uh, the Honorable Catherine McKenna. Uh, welcome to CHML and welcome home, I guess. This I is am a- happy, really happy to be back in Hamilton. I was actually here a few days ago for uh, for Easter, too. You, uh, of course, live in Ottawa now, but uh, this, you grew up just a couple of blocks from here. Uh, I, I grew up really close to here uh, in the West End. I went to St. Mary's High School. Actually, I went to grade school, Ecole Notre Dame by Gage Park. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge fan of Hamilton. Um, I actually, the Prime Minister came to Hamilton, and I kind of put a bug in his ear. I said, you really need to go to Donut Monster. Show solidarity to Lock Street. <laughs> well, and you also went to the West Town. But, I mean, if you're going to Lock Street, you have to do the West Town. And he did. <laughs> and he did, to his credit. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about. I know you've got a very busy agenda here, and I want to talk about what you're going to be doing later on today. But I want to get your reaction also to an announcement from south of the border earlier this week. Uh, Donald Trump, who has uh, never met an Obama policy he didn't want to tear up, uh, has now rolled back emission standards for the U.S. auto industry, announced that earlier this week. Uh, There's going to be pressure on you and the Canadian government now to follow suit, uh, obviously from automakers. How's the government going to respond to this? Uh, Well, I mean, we're very committed to trying to figure out the path forward so that we tackle uh, pollution, so carbon pollution, um, and uh, the vehicles, uh, that's a huge part of that. Um, We're going through what's called a midterm review, so we're certainly going to look at competitiveness and look at what's going on south of the border. Um, But the U.S. is not a monolith. So I was just, I had a conversation yesterday with Governor Jerry Brown of California. Put in context, California is the sixth largest economy in the world. Um, They have, they're keeping with the stringent, the more stringent standards. Um, And and we had a good discussion about the opportunities for Canada to work with them. Uh, A number of states, I think over a dozen states have the uh, California standard. Um, So, you know, we all have to figure out how we're going to move forward to tackle climate change. But the reason you want to have tailpipe standards um, is that uh, you can lower your costs Mm because you use less, uh, you you uh, use less fuel. You also uh, are less emitting and you're just more efficient. So anyway, we're going to we're doing this review. Um, We are also, uh, you know, we got to make policies in Canada that are good for Canadians. We should mention, by the way, that even in California, this is not a liberal versus conservative issue. The former governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was very much an environmentalist when it came to these issues. Why are we lagging behind on this side of the border? This is a, every time we talk about carbon pricing and about climate change, it becomes a political debate uh, about taxes as opposed to the environment. Well, so look, I, I mean, I'm someone who's very practical. And people need to, they need to know, I care greatly about jobs. I care greatly about go, growing our economy. Um, but we also need to protect our environment. And in, in the 21st century, you can actually do both. We're lucky. We have new, uh, as I like to say, I, we didn't get out of the Stone Age because there were no stones. We actually just got smarter. Um, so there are cleaner technologies. There are better ways of doing things. Um, and I just made a big announcement yesterday with the Premier that we're supporting energy efficiency in homes so that you can go and insulate your home. You can go have better window, windows. And that can save you like close to 1000 bucks per year. Wouldn't you want to do that? Um, because um, it's the right thing to do for the environment, but it's also just being smarter. Um, I, I like to say that I, I'm about bringing people together. Um, I, this is should not be a partisan issue. In fact, I got that advice from the former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. He's a conservative. I'm a liberal. Um, but he did a lot of good by the environment. And so, anyway, I don't like drama, so I try to just you know work hard, make the economic case. Um, and there's a huge economic opportunity through clean growth. Um, Mark Carney, who was the governor of the Bank of Canada called it $30 trillion. So we want to be leading the way, creating good jobs, growing our economy. And also I have three kids. 
we owe it to them to ensure that we have a sustainable future for them. But you're getting a lot of pushback on this. I mean, uh, the, the Saskatchewan governor, go, or premier rather, of course, is pushing back, saying he's not going to do anything about this. Uh, Salinger in, in Manitoba has kind of reluctantly come on side with this. Uh, it's happening in Quebec. It's been going on in BC for the longest time right now, very successfully. Everybody seems happy with it. Uh, of course, we have cap and trade here with Premier Wynne here in the province of Ontario, but you've got Doug Ford now, who's the, uh, the progressive conservative leader, suggesting he's going to scrap that and he's not going to allow the federal uh, program to go into place here. Why is there such a pushback on this? And are, are they climate deniers? I mean, there seems to be something going on here. Oh, look, I'm not going to speculate uh, where uh, where Doug Ford is on on taking climate on taking uh, climate action, whether he believes climate change is real. Um, but but look, we have 80 percent of Canadians live in in a province where there's a price on pollution. So that's Ontario, Quebec, uh, Alberta and British Columbia. Those are the fastest growing economies in Canada. You can do both. Um, and with the putting a price on pollution, we've said it's up to the government to decide what they're going to do with the money they raise. They could do tax cuts. Um, they could do rebates. They could invest in energy efficiency. Um, it's just a smart way uh, of doing things. And it's also very hard um, you know, to say you're just going to get out of a cap-and-trade system. So Ontario's in a cap-and-trade system with, uh, with Quebec and California. And companies have credits. Um, so what happens? You can't just, you know, it's easy to say you're going to undo everything. Um, and I don't think that's what Ontarians want. I think Ontarians, when I, when I talk to Ontarians, they want to see action on climate change. They want to figure out, of course, what's, you know, how, where, they, where they're going to get a job. And that's all part of this because the economy is changing. Uh, we're moving in a cleaner direction. Um, and there are huge economic opportunities. And, and so the retrofit program that we announced yesterday, uh, there are 100 million dollars. Uh, yeah, 100 million jo- dollars, but 100,000 jobs. Uh, associated with people that are uh, in in trades that are you know that are helping in retrofit programs that's great like you see you can do both and so it's I know it's hard sometimes because you know it's framed as it's too expensive it is too expensive not to act so insurance claims have gone from 400 million dollars a decade ago to over a billion dollars so the Grand River in Brantford, we are going to see more incidents like that, flooding, um, forest fires that we've seen across the country. Uh, we have a thawing Arctic, um, and we need to take action. Like, we just need to be smart about this. And that's there's pricing, but that's just a part of it, putting a price on what you don't want, pollution. But it's also making investment in clean technologies. We've made historic investments in public transportation. Um, we need to adapt to the impacts of climate change. Uh, I, actually, yesterday I announced um, a partnership with the Canadian Climate Atlas. And for people that wonder, you know, is it really true climate change is happening and and how do I actually understand it? Go to this atlas. It's called Canada Climate Atlas. And you can go and see the projections down the road for how many hot days, for example. So how many days over 30 degrees? Right now, so I just checked it out for Toronto. They didn't have Hamilton, but for Toronto, uh, you go from 12 hot days under a scenario where we don't really do much on climate change, 12 days over 30 degrees to 87 by the turn of the century. So that's not just an inconvenience. That's really bad for elderly people. So more deaths, chronically ill people, people who don't have air conditioning. So we need to take action and we need to do it in a smart way. And that's our plan. The pushback is is regrettable, in my opinion, because I, I... I understand that we have to do something about this, and, and I find it mind-boggling that on the West Coast in California and British Columbia, they seem to get it, and they've made moves on this, and it's accepted now as the norm in those places. Uh, as you move further east, though, there just seems to be this pushback on this. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I think an awful lot of people in this country, according to the latest surveys I've seen, believe in climate change and know that we have to do something. But they're scratching their heads and saying, well, we're not sure if this is the best way to do it, if, if, if doing carbon pricing is the best way. But I think that's because of the way it's been characterized by some of the people that are opposed to this in the first place. Well, I, 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 you know, it is regrettable that some people want to, politicians want to make it a really polarizing issue. It just shouldn't be. Acting on climate change should not be a partisan issue. Yeah, we've got to figure out what tools make sense. And it is harder. So if you're a province like Alberta, you rely, you know, to a large part on, on the oil sands. Um, so we need to figure a way out. And I've said, you know, they need to get a, they need the pipeline. Um, and, and people think that's strange because they're like, well, the Minister of Environment, how can she say that? Because that fits within our climate plan. We built that in and we're transitioning. And Alberta, actually, the government, the current government of Alberta put a cap on emissions from the oil sands, first ever. They put a price on pollution. They're phasing out coal. So they're taking a lot of action. But we're in a transition and it's going to take time and we've got to be smart about it. But we should do it together. And the thing is, if we don't, if we don't act, not only are we, you know, contributing uh, greatly to climate change, but also we're not going to take advantage of the economic opportunity. Um, if you look at countries around the world, and I, I travel a fair bit for my job, I always bring a trade mission with me because I like promoting Canadian companies and our technologies. Um, they're, they're, you know, going gangbusters. They're working really hard when it comes to, uh, to new technology, like China and solar panels. I mean, they're installing the equivalent of a footfall field of solar panels every single hour. Um, when you go to Europe, the, they're really making advances on um, energy efficient um, or electric vehicles. And so we need to make sure we're positioning ourselves well. We need to make sure that we're promoting Canadian technology so we can create good jobs. Are people aware of that as you go across the country and talk to, to organizations and, and governments, frankly, about that, that when it really you look at the global picture here, that North America is actually lagging behind what's going on in most other parts of the world, as you mentioned, even including China, the UK and, and European countries, they get this and they're already moving ahead on this. Well, I actually think we're doing a pretty good job. Um, I just saw uh, there was a, a survey of how many clean tech, the top clean tech companies in the world, and Canada is punching above its weight. We have 12 out of 100. Um, and I see clean technologies across the board. Some, I, I kind of laugh sometimes because clean technology, a lot of people would say, well, wait, I'm never going to have a job in clean technologies. I mean, there's, a, you know, there's new technology for cement. So a Canadian guy, he figured out how you could take emissions from industry, which you don't want, injected into cement, so you think something that's pretty basic, and you reduce the emissions, but you made stronger, cheaper cement. So that's just smart. And so it's not, you know, these new ideas that are kind of out there and it's the Jetsons or something. These are practical, practical everyday things that are available. Like, you know, the thermometers, smart thermometers in your home. Those will really reduce your, you know, by maybe 150 bucks a year. And it's just smarter. Instead of why you heat your home uh, when you're not there, just have it, you know, the heat come on when you're uh, when you come home. So there's ways of doing things. I think Canadians are generally on board. Um, but as I say, hard things are hard. And I see it as my job to try to bring people together to kind of understand what their concerns are. But also we have to push forward. And uh, I was going to say the environment and the economy go together, and it's really true in our case. But, you know, you need to talk to people and you need to listen to people. That's a great segue into why you're here in town today. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, right across the road from us here at CHML, of course, is the McMaster Innovation Park and the Automotive Research Center right beside that, uh, where there's cutting technology being developed on a daily basis for advanced manufacturing and for cleaner cars and emissions. 
Uh, so you're heading to McMaster University in just a little while here. Yeah. So uh, when I was at when I was at St. Mary's, I was on the McMaster campus, and I was a competitive swimmer, so I swam at Max. So it's always good to go to go back to McMaster. Yeah, McMaster's been doing really amazing things. So has Mohawk College uh, in terms of clean innovation. Uh, we're making an announcement today. It builds on the announcement we made yesterday, uh, which is a program with the Ontario government to allow uh, retrofits and cleaner buildings um, on campuses across uh, Ontario. So that's a, a big announcement we're, we're making. Um, I'm going to tour some labs. Uh, always excited. Uh, and I'm going to be talking to some students. Uh, I try to do what I call the campus climate tour. Uh, students, you know what? Students get this. Uh, they wonder whether adults, you know, the older folks get it because they say it's our planet and we're just going to get on with it. We're just going to innovate. We're going to figure this out. So, well, you're going to see the cogeneration plan over at Mac, aren't yeah. you? We, we talked about that on our program a while ago. Yeah, I'm going to see the cogeneration plant. Um, it's just a lot of exciting things go on. And uh, if you're if you're on social media, check it, check out my my Twitter feed and Facebook feed because I'm going to put it out there. I always like showing solutions because I think Canadians need to see. Okay, what is this all about? It's what's going on at McMaster. That's what it's about. It's what's going on, you know, across uh, Ontario. It's what's going on across the country where people are being smarter. We're innovating, creating good jobs, uh, creating economic opportunities. Well, there were skeptics, and I know that we talked about this many, many years ago when when these ideas about green technology first started, and a lot of people said, "Come on, really? Uh, look at Hamilton. Does that mean that we're going to close down steel plants because it's it's you know it's pollution causing, etc?" But there is a green economy that's emerged, and it's emerging right here in Hamilton. A lot of people may not be aware of it, but those are new jobs, different kinds of jobs, and for the most part, actually well-paying jobs. It, it, it is happening. Yeah, and but as I say, it's it's happening in traditional industries too. Uh, like our aluminum and steel, our emissions profile is low. It's lower. And so we should be promoting it because companies around the world are looking to source lower source, you know, uh, products that are produced with less emissions. So I think it's it's a competitive advantage. I was certainly happy to he- see the prime minister come and do his, his uh, steel town tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important. Um, you know, obviously, I'm extremely proud uh, for being from Hamilton and steel has been a huge part of it. And there's ways to produce it more effectively. Uh, Efficiently, but there's also new jobs that are being created too, and that's and, and that's really great to see. I'm also doing another exciting thing. Um, I, I said I was a swimmer. Uh, I'm going to Randall Reef, where we're doing a, a huge cleanup. Um, Randall Reef, you might know, is the most polluted. Uh, site on the Great Lakes. Uh, it's in Hamilton Harbor, uh, and we are investing $46 million in the federal government. And it's a great partnership with the province, um, also local partners. So that's everyone from uh, the city of Hamilton and Burlington to the Port Authority and also Stelco. And so cleaning up this site, uh, is uh, it's a huge job because it's contaminated. And well, it, I, I mean, listen, I, we've talked about that on the program since that first started. Yep. And you and I grew up in this city, and you know what a, a, a problem Randall Reef always has yep. been. And trying to get everybody to the table to try to find a solution was like herding cats because you had to get to Halton Region, the city of yep. Hamilton, uh, the, the obviously the industries down there, and both levels of government. Uh, and I don't know how you've held it together over the, the number of years that you have. But it's there. Uh, have you had an update on the progress as to how it's going? Yeah, so it's on track. Uh, we're almost finished uh, the construction of the containment facility. You've probably seen that. I was there yeah. uh, last year. Um, and then they're going to start the dredging of the sediments. That takes uh, a couple of years. And then it's going to be 
capped, and then it's going to be Portland. So it's an example of the environment and the economy going going together. Every time I'm in Hamilton, my parents take me down. We go for a, a walk with my kids uh, at the harbor front. It is amazing what has happened there. And so this is also going to be a huge gener- generator of tourism dollars. So, you know, people love coming now to the waterfront uh, in Hamilton. We've, we've estimated that probably the economic benefits are around $150 million. Um, so it's great. And I have always said I hope to swim uh, in the harbor. I'm a big swimmer. I, I often swim just uh, in Burlington. And uh, coming swimming in Hamilton, uh, you know, no wetsuit or anything um, when, uh, you know, when it's all done. When you look at the way this place was uh, when you were still going to school here way back when, uh, and you look at the West Harbor, which, well, by the way, is also one of the most polluted areas in yeah. this area. And you look at what they've done now with the the, the rejuvenation of that. Uh, do you see that happening in other parts? There's always going to be industry. Has to be industry. I mean, that's part of our economic feature in this city. But can you marry those two ideas? Yeah. I mean, I think like Hamilton's doing it right now. I'm so proud. Like, when I come back, it's amazing to see. And it's amazing to see that the community came together. Because it's not really, it's not just about governments. And sometimes not about governments at all. It's about people saying, hey, this is an amazing opportunity. Wouldn't it be incredible if we could fix up the waterfront? If we could, you know, be able to go down there for walks, if we could enjoy it uh, with our families. And now you can. And uh, that's that's great for tourism. It's a great selling feature uh, for, for Hamilton. Uh, you know, my friends in Toronto, they all want to move to Hamilton. I said, "Sorry, you missed the you missed the bus." Um, <laughs> no, I told them they're still they're still welcome. Um, they are only waking up to how awesome uh, how awesome Hamilton is. Um, but no, I, I think this is just. A, I think the Canadians have really recognized that we can do right by the economy and we can do right by the environment. And as I say, the harbor is a very the harbor front is a very tangible. Uh, tangible example. I will do a plug. Uh, I'm responsible for parks and uh, national parks and historic sites. Um, and HMCS Haida is uh, is out in the in uh, the harbor there. It's great uh, great to visit there. You can see some of our amazing parks folks and tour. Uh, you know, an amazing uh, ship, uh, a large part of our Canada's history. Lots going on. I know you've got a very busy agenda. We really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, pop in and say hi to us today and uh, bring us up to speed on that. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Minister of the Environment, uh, Catherine McKenna, in town today. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.